Hello and welcome to Odds and Evenings, a podcast about mathematics, puzzles, numbers and games. My name is Alex and with me is... Alaric. And I can see him this in real. Sp- this is a very special episode. Particularly special episode. So we're recording this on the day of the uh, Oxford and Cambridge boat race, which if you don't live in the UK, or even some people in the UK don't know about it, which is, baffles me, uh, is a yearly race between some people who pretend they're from Oxford and some people who pretend they're from Cambridge, and some people keep track of that. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's like the number one event for people who went to either of those universities. And uh, so naturally, given that me and Alaric both went to the same college in the same university, uh, everyone has to come down we, and we watch the boat race. So we're recording this in the morning before a whole lot of our other friends from university come. And yeah, live, in person, face to face, not live. Alaric told me not to say live. And uh, yeah, very good. Hmm. Do you want to do some maths in real, in person? Yeah. Firstly, I don't know where to look. I know. stare into your eyes. Well, you're, you're lovingly looking at the waveform that's being recorded right now. So <laughs> you can look at the waveform. Um, you can look at these uh, coronas that we have in front of us. I, I think I may just stare at my paper. Odds and evenings. Safe maths. Morning edition. Hmm. Yeah. Narayana's cows. Are you familiar with that as a phrase? Uh, narrow. Narayana. Narrow cows. Slipped through the fence. Yeah. Narayana's cows. No, never heard of it. I hadn't until about two weeks ago. Um, So there's a Facebook page called The Art of Mathematics that puts up lots of pretty pictures related to maths. And it's trying to do just some sort of concept, but in one picture. It's very good as a Facebook page. Okay. And there was this nice one on Pascal's triangle. They were colouring in diagonals in a weird way, and it produced this sequence. And it said, this is Narayana's cows sequence. And that's a weird enough name that I went to look it up. Yeah. And the sequence is a bit like Fibonacci. Okay. But it's a bit like there's a lag to it. So it, instead of starting 1-1 one, one, and then adding the previous two terms, mm-hmm. it starts with 1-1-1. One, one, one. Yeah. And then to get the next term, you're looking at the term before it and the term 2 before it. Okay. So to get the fourth term, you add together the first and the third term. Yeah which is 1 plus 1, which is 2. 2. The fifth term is 1 plus 2, which is 3. So, so far it's looking like Fibonacci. 1, 2, 3. Yep. So we've got 1, 1, 1, 2, 3. Yeah. What's the next one? The one you already have, yep. and the 1, 2 before. Yes. So that's 4. Yes, that's right. 1, 1, 1, 2, 3, 4. Yep. What's so the next, the next one? one is 6. Yes. And so it's no longer looking like Fibonacci. I thought it no longer looked like Fibonacci when we had the 4. Okay. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So just writing out a few more terms, we've got 9, because it's 3 plus 6. Then we've got 13. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. 19, etc. Yeah. Um, it's called Narayana's Cows because there's something very similar that we're going to set up, which is like what you do with rabbits, with Fibonacci. Yes, the breeding thing. Yeah. yeah. So imagine you've got some rabbits, uh, pairs of rabbits, and when new rabbits are born, it takes a bit of time until they can produce new rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take kind of two seasons. Okay. So you start off with one brand new pair of newborn rabbits. Yep. Uh, so you've got one. The next season, they can't breed. So you've still got one. Mm-hmm. One pair. Yeah. The next season, they've reached maturity, uh, and they're going to produce more rabbits. Yeah. So now you've got the original pair plus one more, which is two. Two. So um, one, one, two. Yeah. And then the next one, they're going to produce another pair. 
Yep. They're going to keep breeding. <clears throat> but the first pair of offspring aren't old enough yet. So now you've got the original pair, you've got the ones that they birthed the first time, yep. and a new one. So you've yeah. got three. Okay. The next time, their first offspring are now old enough, and so you have five. Yes. It's, it's just a way of generating Fibonacci. Yeah. Uh, Nariana's cows is the same thing, but instead of the gestation period being two, yeah. it's now going to be three. Okay. So it's exactly the same idea. Yeah, yeah. And so it produces this lag. Mm. Now, when I was looking at Nariana's cows, I I went on to... What's it, that database called where it has all the sequences and maps? The big old sequence database. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to look that no, up. No, we don't need to look that up. When you Google a sequence, it's the thing that comes up. Yes. And it usually has a whole list of facts under of, like, other things that sequence does. Okay. And the very first fact was something kind of intriguing... And so I thought we could just play and maybe try and prove it. Sure. Um, so, tetrominoes. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Oh, you're with the ominoes always. <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. It's more of a sequence thing. Okay. Um, Although I have, you know, fondness in my heart for Snakey. Shout out to Snakey. Yep. Uh, everybody's favourite. Queen Tomino. Uh, it's Hex. Snakey's a Hex. Yeah. Four and then two on top of it. Everyone's favourite Hex Omino. Snakey. Shout out. If we ever make merchandise... Plush snakies. Plush snakies. I've been thinking this. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know over on Twitter at Odds and Evenings if you want a plush snakey. From I the last, most recent. I want a plush snakey. <laughs> me and Alec are going to make plush snakies. And if you want one, <laughs> come join the production bat. Yeah. So, we're going to be making three by N rectangles. Three by N. Where N is an integer. Yeah. By placing triominoes. And by triominoes, I mean three squares in a straight line. Three squares in a straight line. Rather than the L. Okay. So, if we think of the three by one rectangle... Yes. There's only one way we can do it. Correct. Just placing it. Oh my god, I just, just realised where this is going. Okay. Hey, yeah. Okay, so if we're trying to make the two... Yes. Uh, again, there's only one way we can do it. Two stripes. Yeah. Two stripes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next to each other. So again, we've got one way. Mm-hmm. If we're trying to do the three... We could kind of have them vertical or horizontal. True. But that's just the same pattern. It's just we've rotated it. Okay, that's not allowed. Yeah. Okay. We're going to count it. It's the same thing. Okay. So again, we've got one way of doing it. Yeah. Okay, four. How many ways of doing it are there? Two. Yes. Because... No, but that's just rotated. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do them all in a row. Yep. Or you do do three on their side and one vertically. Yes. Yeah. And those are now distinct things. You can't rotate or reflect one into the other. Yeah. Uh, so we've got two ways. Mm. What's the pattern here, Alex? Well, I want to do one more. Okay. Uh, you can have them all in a row. Yep. You can have... This is five. You can have the three on their side, and then one on either side. Yep. Or you can have the three on their side, and two on the same side. You've drawn it wrong. I have. But yes. But I wouldn't have seen that. Well, it's not a face-to-face episode. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So, so far the sequence is one way, one way, one way, two ways, three ways. Yes. What the sequence database is claiming is this is Narayana's cow sequence. And this is him trying to fit cows into a, into increasingly long containers. You can imagine them as one by three cows if it makes it easier. One by three cows trying to fit into three by N pens. Yes. Yeah. Should we do another one? Just to get a feel for the pattern. Yes. Let's do six. So we've got six in a row. Yep. We've got... Um, Three in a row, and then three turn sideways. Yes. I think we need a better way of, like, terming these things. Vert and horizontal. Yeah. Vert, 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 
horizontal. <laughs> um, we've got vert, vert, horizontal, batcher free, yeah. vert. Yeah. Then not the next one. Not the next one, because if you shift it along again, you've just got the same thing rotated. So you have them all horizontal, is another one. Yep. Well, what's the last one? How many are you expecting here? Oh, it's four. This is there four. There we go. It's it not five. Fibonacci. No. Yeah. I keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay, my question is why? Why is this Narayana's cow sequence? Mmm. He said, like a cow. Uh... Narayana's cow sequence was generated by taking the one before and the one two before and adding those together. Can we do some sort of inductive thing? Well, let's look at it. I think we need to do the next one. Okay. So on seven, we've got seven in a row. Yeah. We've got vert, 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 horizontal batch of three. Yep. We've got vert, we've got vert, vert. Three. Horizontal batch of one. One, yeah. Yep. And we've got two and two. Yep, so two on each side. Yeah. Uh, then we could go into ones which have two batches of a horizontal. Yep. So we've got vert, horizontal, horizontal. Yep. And then one in the middle. And yeah. Horizontal, vert, horizontal. Yep. Is that, and that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is six, which is okay. what we expected. Okay. So how many of these are ones from last time, but with one extra stripe next to it? One vertical stripe. Yeah. So there's there's the one where they're all vertical. There's the one where one set is on the side. That has just an extra one. Yeah. So before it was three and, and horizontal with an extra one. Yep. The one where it's two horizontal one is also the same. And then the one where they're both horizontal, you add one onto the side. So the fresh, hot, new ones is just the one with the line in the middle. And I know we didn't talk about two horizontal two, but that's also just putting a line on on the other end of it. Yeah. But so visually, I'm not sure this is helping. If we think of Narayana's cow sequence as in its cow form, Mm. where you have a gestation period of three for the cows. Yeah. It feels like we've got the same sort of thing. As you add a vertical line, yeah. you can't uh, rotate it round to be horizontal yet. Yeah. It's the same if you add another one. Yeah. But once you get a third... Suddenly you can flip it on its side yeah. and, and it becomes valuable. So instead of just being one, it's now got two different orientations. Yeah. Now there's some subtlety here because they kind of interact with each other when they're next to each other. Yeah. But it does feel that that's kind of what's going on. That is kind of useful. So actually maybe a check mark, a vertical... When you're adding another one, you can kind of think of it as it just developing. Yeah. Yeah. You've been saying recently that you do induction all the time. So how do you would you apply to this situation? Because I know only really know induction when it comes to the stuff you do in A level, which is improving the next to the sum of all squares is something or something like that. Yeah. So um, we're going to assume it true for well, we've shown it for n equals one. Manually. Yeah. Uh, there is one way of doing a three by one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to assume it's true for n. So n equals k. Like the k form, we're going to assume it's true. That it is the k for one in Narayana's cow sequence. Okay. We want to show it's true for n equals k plus one. Right. So we want to show that the transition from one in the sequence to the next one yes. is itself plus the one from two before. Yes. Now it gets a bit awkward here because we're having to use... We're going to have to show it true for n equals k and n equals k minus 2. We'll assume it's true for those two. And we're going to try and put them together Yeah. to get n equals k plus 1. Okay, so if we start with our one that was the one that is 6, the 6 one. 
Yep. And try and move to the seven. So... We'll assume it's true for the six one. And by the six one, I mean the sixth in the sequence. Yep. Um, and we'll also sh- assume it's true for the fourth one. The fourth one is two, because you have them all upright, or you have three and one. And so, we're not really adding that... We are adding that one to the next one, so... But you're not actually adding the cows together. No. You're just adding the number of orientations. I keep flip-flopping between which of Narayana's cow sequence definitions seems more useful. Doing it as the adding together two different terms, or doing it as the gestation period. Hmm. The gestation period, I can kind of see the logic for more. So I've done a little bit of work on this earlier in the week. Yep. I went along to Maths Jam. What is Maths Jam? So, um, I think it's UK-based. It was set up in, I think, 2016. Mm. Uh, Some of the number file people were involved in setting it up. Yep. And I think it started in London. And I I was searching around on Twitter for various mathsy things. And I came across Maths Jam. I, I went onto their website and I realised there was one set up in Worcester, where I live. And so I went along uh, earlier this week. And it, the idea is, is adults doing maths in the pub. Right. And you, you go along and they have a, a whole lot of problems for you. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in Maths Jam all around the country is doing it at the same time. Yep. So people are on Twitter, like tweeting back to Maths Jam Central. It's good fun. Yes, I've seen when it sort of goes off on Twitter... In the past, by the way, listeners, when I asked what Maths Jam was earlier, I actually knew what it was. And, yeah, well, they all communicate with each other. Like, the Maths Jam Edinburgh will say, oh, we've got this thing that we can't solve, can anybody help? And then it gets yeah. rooted out via the central Maths Jam uh, place and sent out to the others. It, I guess it only really works when you have people on the same time zone. Yeah. I suspect if Maths Jam spread to the US, they'd, they'd want to do it, like... Oh, maybe they do the whole country, but you know, yeah, you wouldn't. New York would have trouble interacting with San Francisco because mm-hmm. they'd be a few hours out. But it's nice in the UK because all the different all the different hubs in the UK all start to, yeah, yeah, talk about what they're doing. And yeah, it's good fun. I recommend it. I presented Narayana's cows as something that I'd kind of I'd registered the problem, but I hadn't thought about it because we're saving it for odds and evenings. Yeah, but just in the right time. Yeah, and we didn't manage to prove it either. We got about this far. Right. But what we started exploring was tetrominoes. So fours. We okay. Like, okay, so what sequence does this make? Is it like Narayana's cows, but with a gestation period of four instead? Yeah. Let's work on that. So we're only talking about the four, the stripe. Yes. Okay. So four in a row. Four by N. Four by N, yeah. Let's do it. Yep. So when N equals one. Yep. How many ways have we got? One. Yes. Cool. Uh, N equals two. Again, we've just got two vertical stripes. Yes. So we've got one way again. When N equals three, we've got three. Yep. So again, we've got one way. One, one, one. Yep. Four. Yes, just four in a row, because you can't just do the rotation. That doesn't count. Yep. So again, we've got one. So like Narayana's cows, which had three ones at the beginning of it, we've now got four ones. Four ones. And notice this fits in with Fibonacci as well. One, one. One, one. Right. It has two ones at the beginning. Right, yes, yes. So, next one, five. Them all on their side, and then one. Yep. Yeah. Or four vertical. Or five vertical. Yes, sorry. Yeah. So we've got two uh, two different ways. Yes. Okay, what's next? Three different ways. Them all up. Yep. And then the side with two on one side, and then 
the one on the side with one on each side. Yes, lovely. Yes. So if we just compare it to what the Narayana cow sequence, like the rule here, what we're kind of expecting is to get the next one, you're adding on... We start with four ones, and then you add on the one three ago. Oh, so Narayana's cows goes one, 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 two, three, four, six. Yep. I'm expecting this to go one, 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 two, three, four, five, seven. Okay. Let's see. Yep. So for seven, we've got all vertical. Yep. We've got horizontal and then three in a row. Yep. We've got vertical, horizontal, batch two. Two, yeah. We've got horizontal... Hmm. Oh, it's stalled. It has. That can't be in the only way. We've only got three ways. That is the only way. It's three again. Yeah. This is weirder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, if we compare it to the sequence, we start with four ones, and to get the next one in the sequence, you do the previous term plus the one three ago. Yeah. So, to get the fifth one, it's the one before it, one, yeah. and the one f- three before that, which is one. Well, this is this is your hypothesis, is, two. Is, is that it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, to get the next one, three... Oh, so the sixth one is the previous one, two, plus yeah. the one three before it, which yeah. is three. Yeah, yeah. But this pattern breaks because we're expecting seven to be three plus one, which is four. Yeah. Whereas we've only found three ways. Like I said, I was expecting it to be one, 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 two, three, four, five, seven. But yeah. it's gone one, 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 two, three, three. We're not doing anything wrong here, are we? No, I don't think so. Right, let's do eight. Predictions before we do it? Um, it must be more than three. I think this one's five. Because we've got... Yeah. Okay, well, let's do it. Okay. We've got all the vertical. Yeah. We've got horizontal batch and then four. Yeah. We've got one horizontal batch, then three. Yeah. We've got two horizontal batch, then two. Yeah. And then we've got two horizontal batches. Yeah. So we've got five ways. So that's five. One, 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 two, three, three, five. How weird is that? But those numbers are all contained in... Fibonacci. In Fibonacci. That was my initial thought as well. I think it's coincidence. They just happen to be numbers which are small, which just happens to miss out four. Well, loath as I am to do the next one, because I'm not sure how great listening this is, <laughs> perhaps we should. Yep, let's do it. Nine. All vertical. All vertical. Don't know how many I'm drawing there anymore. We've got horizontal batch. And five. Yep. One horizontal batch, four. Two horizontal batch, three. Horizontal batch... Horizontal batch one. one. Horizontal batch one. Horizontal batch. Yeah. Six. Six. What sorcery is this? It's definitely six. Don't know about you, but I'm kind of unhappy with the sequence. Well, okay. Consider this. If you have a horizontal for nine, let's say, you have the horizontal and five, you can iterate that five however you want. Yeah. And then you can just put the horizontal on the other side of it. So... It's like two times the one that has five in. Okay, good hypothesis. The one that has five in... Was two. It's two. This one has six, which makes... Yeah, I don't know. Can I just say, this, to me, is what maths is. It's, Mm. you start with some sort of pattern, some sort of sequence, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. Can we try and contain it? Can we try and get a formula? Can we try and reason out why it's doing it? Yeah. And in this case... We yep. can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, for listeners, things you might want to try. What happens with twos? Is it Fibonacci? I don't think it is. You don't think it is? Um, 
What's the general pattern here? Let's throw it out. Let's throw it out there. Do you know how to count? Yes. Let's, You're a let's, professional counter. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. What did we actually say there, though? So we went number, 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 up to ten. Okay. And then eleven is its own distinct number. Okay, yep. Twelve is its own distinct number. Yep. And then we're like three on ten. Yes. Four on ten. It's kind of layover from when we used to use twelve for everything. Fifteen. Yes. Yep. And then it goes that way nineteen to twenty. Yep. Twenty is its own yep. entity. And then groups of ten are fine thereafter. And then it's twenty and one. Twenty and two. Yep. Which is a very distinct pattern. Yep. I stumbled across a website called A Playground of Thoughts and one of the subsections on it is number systems of the world. Okay. And they have them listed in complexity order. Love it. And so the 11th most complex counting system in the world, and I'm doing this one because it's near and dear to our hearts, is traditional Welsh. Okay. And it goes as follows. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yep. 1 on 10, 2 plus 10... 3 on 10, 4 on 10, 5 plus 10, 1 on 5 plus 10, yep. 2 on 5 plus 10, 2 times 9, oh my god, 4 on 5 plus 10, 20, from 23 to 30, it's just 1 on 20, 2 on 20, 3 on 20, yep. then 31, oh, by the way, 30 is 10 on 20. What happens at, say, 28? Because 18 was... 9 times 2. Yes, 28 is still 8 on 20. Okay. Rather than 9 times 2 on 10 or something like yeah. that. Yes. So thankfully we're saved from that. 31 is 1 on 10 on 20. 32 is 2 plus 10 on 20. Yep. Then it goes 3 on 10 on 20, 4 on 10 on 20. And then it goes back to our um the 15 through 19. Okay, so on 20. 5 plus 1. So, 5 plus 10 on 20, 1 on 5 plus 10 on 20, 2 on 5 plus 10 on 20, 2 times 9 on 20, 4 on 5 plus 10 on 20. It's interesting even the order there, starting with the least significant bit. As Um, opposed to, say, when we say 21, we have the tens place, then the units place. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and so in the actual Welsh, I'm not going to butcher it too much, but the 20 is Ugain, and then 21 is Unar Ugain. Yep. Dauer Hugain. Trial Hugain. So, like German is his language. Um. Fion from six. Fion from six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's and rather than on. Yeah. So, that's the plus rather than the on. So, there's this distinction between in number systems okay. between something and something and something upon something. Yeah. Or like added to it. There's, there's, there's this and also this and this plus this, I guess. This is something we talked about in one lesson when I was doing teacher training. Mm-hmm. So uh, I trained to be a maths teacher with a group of, there were 25 of us all trained to be maths teachers at the same time. And it stuck with me as we were told to write down everything that was weird about our number system. Like all the numbers which were just odd to say or odd to pronounce. And yes. so things we were talking about, we, we spoke about 2010 versus 2010 yeah. style things on the podcast before. The 11 and 12 is a common thing across languages. In some languages, there's a big focus on 20s. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, French has a big thing on 20s. How's your French? Uh, oh, God. Yeah, French is, French is pretty complex. Yeah. French has a big thing on 20s and then multiples of 20 thereafter. Catarandese. Yeah. And a lot of African languages are in that same boat. There's a big focus on 20. Yeah. Also, this is a fact that I use to be like spooky, spooky, but if lots of things focus on 20, I guess it's not that bad. But the language of the Ainu, which is the, the native tribe of uh, northern Japan, their uh, word for 80 is the equivalent of Catarandese. Okay, four twenties. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah. How the Welsh one seems like a system that you'd ad hoc as you were going along. Like, oh no, we need another number, quick. Uh, <laughs> how do we say two times nine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I teach in a college in Hereford, which is really near the border with Wales, mm-hmm. and so about a third of our intake are Welsh. Um, and in in the youth, they tend to not be pure Welsh speakers. Sure. Like you, you get a lot of people who speak Welsh, but they also speak English. Sure. Um, but there are a whole lot of mathematical acronyms which are different. And so, FOIL, you might be familiar with when you're expanding out double brackets, quadratic yes. equations. So, first, outer, inner, last. Mm-hmm. The Welsh version of that is CAMU. C A M U. I can't remember what they stand for. They're all sh- but that's all Welsh, Welsh words. words. For yeah. First, outer, inner, last. Yeah. And so, w- when I'm teaching kids, I can see them mumbling through. The Welsh acronyms do these things. Same with Sokotoa. There's a Welsh version of remembering your um, remembering your Sokotoa, which I we won't go into it. You know my views on Sokotoa. You know my views. It's all up and across. Yes. So let's go. Let's go. Let's let's brief aside on Sokotoa. Okay. We'll have a full episode on it at some point, but or a full thing about it. But suffice it to say. That defining the sign as the opposite over the hypotenuse is bad and wrong, and we should be defining the opposite as the hypotenuse multiplied by the sign. Because the hypotenuse is just a scaling factor on the unit circle. So when you start putting the scaling factor as a divisor yep. rather than a multiplier, it confuses the hell out of people. It's the reason people don't like trigonometry. It's because of Sokotoa and our definition of sign as opposite over hypotenuse. When we should be thinking about the up function and the along function... And, uh, and then scaling it up by the hypotenuse. Not doing tan as opposite over adjacent as your definition, but doing it as sine over cos. Yeah, tan's a weird one. Yeah. Tan is the, 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 the ratio between the alongs and the ups. So, yeah. I find it weird that we tend to introduce sine cos tan at the same time, rather than sine and cos, and then later tan and cot. Because tan and cot are basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it feels weird that we exclude cot. And we never really talk about the relationships between tans and gradients. Because the tan of an angle is its gradient. When you're doing calculus, you know, if dy by dx of something is 3, then tan of the angle is 3. Yep. And if you do the arc tan, you can find the, the angle that the gradient is. And we never talk about that. And we have these distinct things where it's like, we're going to do trig now, and we're going to do calculus now. But they're intrinsically linked by the idea of slopes and angles and things. Like, the slope of something is just... Uh, another representation of the angle because you take it through the tan function. Anyway. If you want to do a little PSA in video format, I will I w- show it to my classes. I will do, yes. I, I, I almost did that when I was trying to do a YouTube video a long time ago where I was doing Euler's equation from first principles. Yep. Uh, starting with the along function and the ump function and imaginary numbers and... I remember m- watching the series. Clarence series. Yeah, I never finished it. Maybe I'll restart. Uh, yeah. Sorry, just a rant of mine. We'll about put links Sokotoa. to that in the show notes. Yes. No. 
we won't. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not in control of the show notes. Alex does them, so uh, it's up to him. Yep, we will. Yeah. Right, where were we? Ah, yes. Counting systems. Traditional Welsh. By the way, this is traditional Welsh, not modern Welsh. Oh, okay. I was thinking, could we come up with a more obnoxious counting system? <laughs> yes, obviously. Yeah. But a believ- believably obnoxious. Okay, so if 20s are so important, the number one is 20 minus... 20 minus 19? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but how? What 19 is what? 20 minus 1. Uh, we're stuck yeah, in a loop. see, you're in a loop. Yeah, but I mean, loops like this happen in proper number systems. Okay, so 1 is 20 minus... 20 minus... 20 minus 20 minus 20 minus 20 minus... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we could trivially make this as obnoxious as possible. Yeah. Like, things which are obnoxious are reversing the order in which you um, mention units and tens, yeah. say. So sometimes starting with the biggest, sometimes starting with the smallest. Is there any number system, real-world number system, that does that? Biggest, smallest. But that mixes it. That mixes it up. So I've like, always had problems with the Indian Lux and Quora. I'm unfamiliar. Do you know? Totally oh, okay. Uh, I can't because it blows my mind. Um, let me find Larks and Cora. So, if you think about separators, when we have large numbers, okay, in any Western system, we use groups of threes. Okay. So commas here in the UK and in the US, decimal points, not decimal points, full stop style things in a lot of European notation. Yes. So you write the number of thousand as one dot zero zero zero. And this is a holdover from uh, the uh, System International for science that uses giga, terra, mega, killer, etc. I feel the French have the naming rights to all of these things. They yeah. did all the work on this. They did all, yeah. Systems. yeah. Very good job, the French. Uh, which is also, as an aside, what infuriates me about finance, because we do things in terms of percentages and then basis points, which are percentages of percentages. Um, <laughs> 0. 0.01% is a, is a basis point. Um, but the Indians, Indian numbering system, used in the Indian subcontinent, uh, they have this Lux and Cora. Their separators go every two Ooh. Uh, it looks funny. The term a luck or lack is uh, 100,000, as we'd write it. But they'd write it 1, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. Three zeros at the end. Yes. So it's three at the end, and then two's leading up to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my initial thing is disgust, and the more I think about it, it doesn't get any better. It's just cultural. Yeah. Uh, and Quora is uh, what we would call 10 million. Yeah. And they go 1, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. And they're used in Indian English to express large numbers. Okay. For example, I'm just reading Wikipedia, by the way. If you want to read Wikipedia, wikipedia.org. It's good reading. Uh, 150,000 rupees is 1.5 lakh rupees. And this is written as the rupee sign. 1, comma. Yep. Five zero comma zero zero zero. Yep. Thirty million becomes three quora. A billion, one hundred quora rupees. Do you know the the whole million milliard thing? Is this the the long form or big numbers in old English? 
Mm. So there used to be a difference uh, between the American billion and the English million. I'll say that again. There used to be a difference between the American billion and the UK billion. We have standardised to the more sensible system, which is the one that America uses. Um, so the numbers were the same for a thousand a million going yeah. up in powers of frame. After that, so a thousand million, what we now call a billion, and what America calls a billion, in the old system we used to call a milliard, and so our old billion was the equivalent of an American trillion. Okay. So our old system used to go a thousand, a million, a milliard, a billion, a billiard, a trillion, a trilliard. Uh, Whereas we now use thousand, million, billion, trillion, quadrillion. Um, So they're the long form system and the short form system. Because I know there's some people who vehemently hold to saying a thousand million. Yeah. And who will on purpose choose to get confused when people say a billion. Yeah. Because that's just the way they are. I finally found what I wanted to about um, Lux and Cora. So powers of 10 yep. in Lux and Cora. 1, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, 1 lakh, 10 lakh, 1 Cora, 10 Cora, 100 Cora, 1,000 Cora, 10,000 Cora, 1 lakh Cora, 10 lakh Cora, 1 Cora Cora, 10 Cora Cora, 100 Cora Cora, 1,000 Cora Cora, or 1 lakh lakh Cora, 10,000 Cora Cora. Hmm. Hmm. It feels like it's arbitrary at what point it switches over on some of those. Uh, I think I just kind of did it fast. I'm, th- I'm sure there's a logic to it. Okay. But it's because it's done, like, the significant ones are the lack, which is 10 to the 5, and the core, which is 10 to the 7. Hmm. Rather than 10 to the 3, 10 to the 9. Yeah. 10 to the 6, 10 to the 12. It's, yeah. Goes up to 5. Sticks with our system, all the way up to 10 to the 4. And then, yeah, just does it in... Uh, Hmm. Little uh, powers and the separators are every every two zeros, and I just cannot get my head around it because you're so grained in for three orders of magnitude at a time in Western numbering. Apart from in say currencies, where we have two decimal places, usually two decimal places. In there currencies. are some currencies which have three decimal places. So countries that use the dinar, so there are a few of them. Is that the UAE? Uh, I think they're within it. So Algeria, Bahrain, Iraq, Jordan, Kuwait, Libya, Tunisia. So right kind of peninsula. Yeah. Uh, top of Africa and then into the Middle East. They have three decimal places, which makes more sense. It's If the rest is all going to be done in thousands, why not do yeah. the decimals in thousands as well? Yeah. I know Bitcoin are eight decimal places. Yes, the Satoshi is 10 to the minus eight Bitcoin. Yeah. 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 Why don't we use continuous currencies, given that it's all banks? It's all electronic now. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be... Well, so the reason Satoshi is, is an 8 is that's due to the... It's a computing thing. Okay. Um, it's the the float mm. and the double and things like this. This is you can store eight orders of magnitude at a time in a number. Yeah. Yeah. What's the current value of a Bitcoin? Oh, it's on its way down. Uh, as of today, which is the 24th... That sounds right. ...of March... Yep. ...2018. Boat race day. Boat race day. It's, it's, I think it's about 7,000 or something. Okay. Dollars. Dollars, yeah. So 7,000 divided by 10 to the 8, 7 to, times 10 to the minus 5, so that's dollars. Yeah. 
take off two orders of magnitude to work out in cents. So it's 0.0007 yes. of a cent. Yes. So not worth worrying about. No. Right, so that was a bit of an adventure, but... Talked about all sorts of things. Talked about all sorts of things. Good luck editing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've been getting back into weightlifting. Okay. Um, and in it, I've been putting lots of weights on the bar. Mm-hmm. And I have weights of various sizes. Yeah. And as I do my exercises, I spend a lot of time loading and unloading the bar. What I'd quite like to know is what order I should put the weights on. By which I mean, I've been just doing it so that the biggest weights go on first, so yes. they go on nearest to me. This is a barbell. Yes. So one stick with weights going on either side symmetrically. Um, I've been putting the biggest weight, and then I've been putting the next biggest weight, and so on. And so you get this thing that looks like the Towers of Hanoi, mm-hmm. where you get no plate going on a smaller plate. Right. It's just aesthetically pleasing. That's how you always see it. And I'm not sure if there's a safety reason you might do that, or what. Mm. But it's kind of like you're applying the greedy algorithm to it. I think it is a safety thing. It's due to moments of inertia. So you don't want it to be too... Tenuous. Yeah, like having a large weight on one end. It's harder to control the rotation of the bar. There's not that much difference, though. They're not that thick. Mm. Um, So I think it's an eight-foot bar, and there's quite a lot of clearance at each end. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I think it may well be a safety thing. Because I'm loading and unloading this for different exercises... So I'm starting through bench press, which you're doing kind of medium weight. Then I'm doing something like squat or deadlift, one of the larger weight ones. Yeah. And then I'm going to overhead press, which is a lower weight one. It's just putting it straight up from you. So it's like the lowest weight of all of these things. Yeah. And then I do rows or chin-ups. It feels like if I fought ahead, I could put the weights, which are used not just for that exercise, but for the exercise after. Say that one of your weights you want to reuse on your next one. Yeah, but it's on the outside of one that you need to take off. Yeah, I was wondering which weight should I put on the bar in which order to get to the desired weight on each one. Is there a very specific order that you have to do the exercises? I'm following a program. I was doing strong lifts. I'm now doing uh, Ivasaurs four four eight. If you're on Reddit r slash fitness, you'll know what this is, and you can tell it's an internet thing because it's called Ivasaur. Ivasaur. But I'm following their suggested order. And I don't feel I know enough about fitness to vary it. So okay. I'm just going to follow that. And so are the weights in that particular order heavy as first, or is it medium, heavy, light? Medium, heavy, light, medium on one of the days. That sounds quite tricky. Because initially, if you did them heaviest to lightest, you could peel back the layers. Yeah. It's like... So the weights I've got are available. Yeah. So um, apolog- yeah, let's do this. So the weights you have available and the weights that you'll be lifting. Apologies for the half of our listenership, which are American. This is going to be a bit metric. In your heads, kind of timesing by two is about right. Okay. So uh, about 2.2 pounds in a kilogram. Rings a bell. Silly weights. Yeah. Uh, but times two in your head, that's about how strong you are. Um, so one plate, uh, the heaviest one I have is 20 kilograms. Mm-hmm. So that would be going on both sides. Okay. That, that's one of them. Then I have 10 kilograms. Mm-hmm. I have 5, 2.5, 1.25. And from uh, some dumbbells I had in the past, I've also got some 0.5s. 
that ruins things. Yeah, it's not a nice power of two. Yes. Because I this is a product that I've been wanting to make for a long time. Kitchen weights, binary. So, half a gram, one gram, two grams, four grams, eight grams, and so on. Yep. And then you can make any weight you want, if it's on traditional scales. I've got a set of brass weights. In fact, on our website, the banner image, it has a picture of my library. Yes. And there's a kind of Towers of Hanoi-esque brass thing. Mm. They're old banker's weights from uh, my great-great-grandfather, who was a banker. Mm-hmm. For measuring gold. Yeah, so doing, like, literal uh, balance scales. Balancing a checkbook. Yep. Yeah. That's what it's become. Yeah. No, there's no Towers of Hanoi fun to be had in banking anymore. No. So what order do I put these weights on? Do you want some specific numbers? Well, so those are the weights you have, and then what are the lifts you're doing? So let's do the next session that I'm going to be doing. Let's plan out my next session. Okay, which... let's plan your next session. So I'm starting off with four sets of eight reps of bench press. And sorry, listeners, I'm really asymmetrical. My bench press is much weaker than it should be relative to some of my other things. Okay. If you're lifters, I'm sorry about this. It's because I did strong lifts for so long. My legs are much stronger than my upper body. That's probably my same same as two of me. Yeah. I have powerful legs. (laughs) Um, So, I'm aiming for 38.5. Yep. The maths going on here is the bar itself weighs 10. Yep. So, taking that off, we've got 28.5 we're trying to make, and we're trying to split that equally into two bits because the Mm -hmm. whole thing is symmetrical so 14.25 on each side sure so greedy algorithm here 10 10 2.5 yep which leaves you with 1.75 to make so you put on the 1.25 and the 0.5 so we're doing a 10 a 2.5 a 1.25 and a 0.5 okay yep so then after that I'm going to do deadlift Uh, I'm going to do four sets of eight reps of 60 60 on the deadlift so again, take off 10 for the bar. Gives yep. me 50. Yep. So we're aiming for 25 on each side. 25. Perfect. Notice none of those are reused. Right. So <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. In bench press, I'm using a 10, a 2.5, a 1.25, and a 0.5 on each side. Maybe you need a second bar. These weights will change, and then they'll start to overlap, and then you won't need a second bar. That's yeah. the problem, yeah. Yeah. Each time I'm adding weight to it, right. and I'm doing uh, variations of four reps and eight reps... So I've got a really complicated spreadsheet going on already. Right. Um, I was hoping to make it even more complicated with it suggesting which weights I should put on. I was hoping to program that up. Okay. Um, so after that, I'm doing overhead press. Sorry, just as a point of context for the listeners, Alaric can see it, I can see it, but Alaric has this rather in-depth Excel spreadsheet that indicates what he'll be lifting on what days. Uh, we're all formulaed up, a lot of it, it's pretty wild. Uh, it's, it's not just following some handbook. He's, he's written his own Google Sheet. So what happened here is, I, instead of actually exercising, when I was feeling, okay, I'm going to get fit, I spent like two hours making up the great Excel sheet and then doing no exercise that day. Yeah. But I felt good about myself. Yeah, you felt healthier um, for doing that Excel work. I, I think this is probably a quite good descriptor of how I go about safe, self-improvement generally. Yes. Um, lots of planning. Hmm. Right, so sorry, I interrupted you. The next lift you're doing. Uh, so overhead press. Yep. I'm going to do four sets of four reps of 37.5. Okay, take 10 off for the bar. Yep, so 27.5. Oh, it's just... Oh, so, well, and then on each side, what is 13? 13. 13.25. So 10. Yep. 
2.5. Yep. Which you've got to make after that. 0.75. Which you can't do. No. So instead... I don't think you can do that with your weights. You may have to tie some soup cans on string on the end. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You know, it surprises me that you haven't thought about this before making your Excel spreadsheet. So well planned that it is. Yeah. So on the bigger weights, I've got something in the Excel spreadsheet which automatically rounds to the nearest 2.5. Mm. Um, for the lower ones, I've got it going to the nearest 0.5. But there are some that I can't make in between. Some you can't do. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Round down or up? Uh, round down, I suppose. So what's the next one we can do? Um, it's going to be 37. So take 10 off of the bar. We get 13.5. Yep. 13.5. Yep. 10. 2.5. 1.25 going to be 37 and a half. Hang on. That's what we were trying to do. Halving this one yeah. doesn't give us this. Oh, you divided by two wrong. Uh, again, I'm just pointing at pieces on the sheet. Yes, sorry, let's, we have a piece of paper in front of us. Dividing by 27 and a half does not give you 13.25 listeners who are probably screaming at us <laughs> after doing that. What does it give you? 13.75. Yep, which is 10, 10 plus 2.5 plus 1.25. Cool. Everything Much better. Saved. There we go. Yep. Again... That doesn't use any from the depth. It does use ones from the first one. Yes. Hmm. It uses the 10, the 2.5, the 1.25. It's just taking off the 0.5s. You just take the 0.5s off. So you just change the order. And again, if you're weightlifters, I apologise that I can almost do as much overhead press as I can bench press. I have a puny chest. Okay. Um, but my shoulders are great. Mm. These are not satisfying numbers because there's no interaction between them. Well, that's not. But if you change the order... And you do your yeah. first one first, and then your third one. Then you can just... Yeah. Yeah, that's Is true. there a last one that we need to consider? Um, so after that, we're going to do 45. Okay. And that's upright rows. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's work it through. Okay, 45. Take off 10. 35. Yep. Divide by 2. 17 and a half. Yep. So that's... 10, 10 plus 5. 2.5. 2.5. Okay, so here's a good interaction. If I'm doing it in the order that my spreadsheet suggests, yeah. I'm going from overhead press, where I'm doing 10, 2.5, and 1.25, yeah. to rows, which is 10, 5, 2.5. Yeah. So the order here is, I because the 10 and 2.5 are used in both of them, Yeah. I take off the 1.25, and I put on the 5. Yes. Here's a, another addition to that order. Yep. You start with... The name, what's the name of this one? Bench press. You start with the bench press, 10, 2.5, 1.25, Yep. You take the 0.5s off. Yep. You do the overhead press. Yep. 10, 2.5, 1.25. And then you add the 5s on the end. Wrong yep. order. Yep. But do you have to stick to the Tales of Hanoi rule? or? Oh, well, I, this is what I'm suggesting I don't do. Okay. So I've we... always been doing Tales of Hanoi in the past. Yeah. And I think that's a suboptimal for the number of plates unloading and loading. Mm, yeah, Ho Chi Ming. Forget about it. So, you add the, f- the fives on the end. Yep. Do that. Oh, sorry, you have to take the 1.25 off, put the five on. Yep. Do your last one. Yep. And then do deadlift, which has no interaction and with then, the others. Yeah, and then you just have to completely rework it for the deadlift, because of the 20. So what we've done is we've manually found the best way to do this particular set. Yes. Next time when some of them I'm doing eight reps rather than four and so I'm taking off, I'm doing like 90%. It's all really awkward. Mm. And I'm adding weight and so on. It changes every time. Yeah, just call me up and we'll do it. 
work, work it through. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, because I'm working out for about an hour, usually watching TV, I've got squat rack at home. Um, I spend most of the time thinking about the orders of plates, and there's enough time to just kind of manually do it. But it'd be nice to automate it. What I want is an app that I can plug them in. It, this is a mass problem just from my real life, rather than one I've been uh, like looking up. Yes, welcome to all of the problems that I bring towards an evenings. <laughs> is it is it programmable? I suspect the first thing to do is to convert some of these to binary. Yeah, the point five one is awkward because it's a non-binary one. It breaks the binary rule. Yeah, mm. you need to get rid of it. So w- what we do is we create a formula which, for every number that we're aiming for, did exactly the process we did manually. Take off ten, divide by two, split it down into its weights. Mm-hmm. Which should be unique. Using the greedy algorithm. Yep. Yeah. And then it's once we have those lists, so we're doing this weight, this weight, this weight, and this weight for one, we're doing this weight, this weight, this weight for another. Yeah. How do you take those lists and pick which ones go first? I suppose you're just looking at the one which appears in both of them, and you're putting those on the inside, and everything on the outside are the ones which switch. So there's a thing in string searches and by this I mean text analysis in computing okay called the Levenstein distance I, I'm unfamiliar if you have two words say van and even okay the Levenstein distance is the number of letters that you need to change or add or take away or take away yep to get from one word to the other I see so you've you've taken off an E and then you've changed a letter in between, in the middle as well. Yes. So, to go from van to even. Going the other way. I, yeah, change the A to the E and add the E on the front. So the Levenstein distance is two. Okay. And often people use a normalised Levenstein distance, which is where you divide it by the length of the longest word. Okay, I and see. Then, and then you can find how close words are to each other. And it's very useful when you're doing searching for things. Because it means you can do inaccurate searches. So if you've got something which is, say, eight long, and you're changing it to something which is eight long, yep. the worst case scenario is you change all eight letters. Change all eight letters. So when you divide by eight, the worst case scenario is one. The normalised length distance is one. So you're looking for a low thing, yeah. yeah. So, so what? it's a ratio of zero to one. Yes. It's a scale of zero to one, which is zero is no changes, one is all of the changes. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And it feels kind of similar to this. So you do the Levenstein distance... Say you've got four lifts. Yeah. You've got the Levenstein distance between each of the lifts. Yeah. Uh, you've kind of got like a triangle number of comparisons there. Mm-hmm. Um, each one gets compared with each other. So for yep. four lifts, it's six comparisons you're doing. Yeah. The ones which have the longest distance away from each other, you just put at either end. And then yeah. it's the minimum chain. You, build, you try and build a... a uh, and what you do is you put them on a... Uh, you're welcome, Alex Zorn. You put them on a... Uh, a graph, yep. right? And then you and then you put the distance between the nodes as the. Uh... You're not finding minimum spanning tree. You're finding the kind of minimum uh, path which takes you through all the nodes. You're not making a cycle. It's a traveling salesman problem. Yeah, it's great in Levenstein distance space. And then once you've got that done, but it's an, it's a slightly amended traveling salesman problem because you have to start with the largest Levenstein distance at the beginning and the end. Okay. Uh, so it's dynamic. I guess they change. You can put a big weighting yep. on them. Or... But because you're probably going to be doing like four or five lifts rather than ten to the ten. It's probably computable. Yeah. yeah. 
fully computable manually, yeah. which is what I've been doing. So that's a very first, good first attempt mm. at it. It's probably not accurate or 100% correct because there's some nuances. This there's a lot of because this this can be logic out. Yeah, and this feels like a rather brute force approach to it. No, I like it. Yeah, it's 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 good enough. And then it feels like you just need a list of the breakdown for each weight of which um, plates you're using. And then you just match up all the ones which are the same and you put them on the inside. Prioritising ones which are going to be the same with the next one as well. Well, if there are any that are universally shared, that should be the first one that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's quite a good way of doing it. Mm. Highest frequency first. Highest frequency where they're connected. Because yes. imagine you've got the 20 plate and it's used in uh, half of them, but they're alternating. Yeah. Spicy. Mm. Yeah. Does that help? It does. When I get to work on Monday, I will be making a formula in my spreadsheet which takes any weight and tells me which plates I need to use. Yeah. I think that's the that's first, the first one to step. Do. Um, the... And once I've got them laid out, I can just manually do it. Yeah. I think that's my... That would help. I gather that we have some correspondence. Yeah. We had quite a lot. So we had one problem which was very popular... It was a throwaway thing that we did when we were talking about Prime Scrabble. We talked about words where they cycle around and make other words. Cyclic permutations where all the words are Scrabble compatible. Yes. Um, so we came up with some two-letter ones, trivially, so on and no in the mm-hmm. last episode. And then we fought for a couple of minutes and didn't come up with any. We had quite a lot of people contacting us with ones. Nice. Um, so... Uh, at Murky on Twitter yeah. um, came up with the het and if I can't say my th's e-t-h yeah. if uh, and what is all these words uh, I didn't look all these up hang on the is the definite article in the English language yep het as in het up yes like when you're kind um, of angsty uh, yeah yeah and f if is an old English letter it's like a curly D. Oh, right. Yes. Kind of uh, relative of the form. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these words that we're going to be saying are letters in other languages or letters in alt languages. Or okay. That sort of thing. Sure. Uh, but they're Scrabble legal. Yeah. So we've got uh, an email from David Cox. Yep. Who's a lecturer at Magdalen College, Oxford. He came up with Shah, S-H-A, has, and Ash. Okay. Shah again is, is a letter. Yes. Um, has and Ash we're both fine with. Yes. Uh, all of those are Scrabble legal. And in a very similar vein, he came up with she, has, and ish. Now, ish isn't Scrabble legal. The other okay. ones are. Uh, ish is, you know, the long S thing that we do integrals with? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's related to that, it's the kind of African version of that. Okay. So, so you you started off with the Latin letters, yeah. and then as we anglicised them going up it through Europe, yeah. it's their Africanised version going hmm. south. I mean, Roman Empire had bits in Africa. Yeah, um, yeah. So the Roman there. Empire named Africa after Tunisia, which was green, and there was a Tunisian word for leaf or something was uh, something like Africa, something along the lines of Africa, and then. And then, so, the Romans named Tunisia after the leafy green nature of Tunisia, and then that spread to the whole continent. So that's where the name Africa comes from. It's the Romans. Good knowledge. Fact. Yeah. Um, so, Ish isn't Scrabble legal. 
But you almost worked. They're right. all kind of words. Um, but I came up with one. Alawit came up with the best one. And to be honest, listeners, 300 of you download these episodes, each episode, and you couldn't come up with this. Hit us with it. Eat. Eight. Tea. Eat, eight, and tea. They're all words that make sense <laughs> and that people actually use. And are all on the same theme. And they're all they're all on the same theme. Yeah. T, T-E-A, eight. You bring the A from the end and bring it to the front. A-T-E. And then you eat is the E. You bring that from the end, bring it to the front. E-A-T. And then back to where you started, the T, back to the beginning, T-E-A. Brilliant. We haven't come up with any four-letter Scrabble legal ones. If you can come up with a four-letter Scrabble legal one, do let us know. Bow down in wonder. Yeah. I think the way in is lots of repeated letters. Yes. Uh, and so on. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Other pieces of feedback. In the conversation we had about time travel, I accidentally said back in the future rather than back to the future. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And final piece of feedback... On Twitter, Andrew Slatterly um, came up with a limit. So when we were doing the Sherlock Holmes card puzzle, yeah. we were wanting the probability that we didn't have a loop. Right. Sorry, the other way around, but it's equivalent. We wanted the probability that we did have a loop yeah. of those things, and it seemed to be tending to something which was about 0.3-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we could do it manually to some number of decimal places. Uh, Andrew Slatterly told us the limit is 1 minus log 2 1 minus log 2 which, which he also says on the twitter thing the sum from n to 2n of 1 over n can be shown quite prettily to converge to log 2 but he can't find the proof online and neither could I when I looked Okay. so conjecture at this point if anybody can prove that the sum from n to 2n of 1 over n is log two. Hit us up. Mm. I'll see if I can work on it for next time. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for your listener feedback, everybody. Uh, it's always nice to get in touch. And, uh, you know, proof that we're being listened to outside of our listener metrics. So you can contact us. We have an email. Yep. So oddsevenings at gmail.com. And we have a Twitter at odds and evenings. And we have a subreddit, which isn't used. Come on down to our subreddit, Fresh Green Pasture, uh, forward slash r forward slash odds and evenings. We're the moderators on there, so if you want to look through our comment history, quite a good way to do it. There's nothing embarrassing there. Well, nothing in yours. Right, thank you for joining us on our face-to-face odds and evenings. It's time for what we always do at the end of every episode, which is a satisfaction score for how we did on our problems. Alaric, what was the first problem we did? Narayana's cows. And we were mm. doing stuff with 3 by n and 4 by n triominoes and tetrominoes. Yeah. We discovered a new sequence. Like, we never come across Narayana's cows before. That's true. And then we had this one where we... It's incomprehensible to us. The yeah, fours. the four one. So one 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 two three three five six. Yeah, pretty strange. Yeah, can't work it out. You know, it strikes me that you know this magical database of sequences. They could just have an infinite number of these sequences. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or maybe there's a pattern to them. Maybe there is a pattern, and then in that case you can just make it, you know, N, 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 N plus one, N plus one. Yeah. I think there might be an odd even thing going on here as well. Right. I suspect the fives are a nice pattern like the threes. Because the ones are a nice pattern, because it's just the integers. Yeah. Yeah. The threes are a nice pattern, Narayana's cows. I think the fives might have some hope. So it's something to do with the length of the cow. Yeah. I don't know, I'm feeling generous. Yeah? Six. Certainly a good discussion. Uh, It was nice to discover things. But I'm going to give it a five, because there were a point where we just had no idea what was going on. Yep. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's not a proof. Right. So the next one was Welsh counting. There wasn't really anything to be had. Like, we didn't try and solve anything. No. Um, We kind of said, yeah, you can make counting systems as arbitrarily difficult as you want. If you went the other way and tried to do the best counting system, it's probably the Chinese one that's literally 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 10, 4. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like modern Welsh. Like modern Welsh. Yeah. So there's two bookends. You could just make it where every single word is uh, unique. Yep. Every single number. I don't know. Which is hard because you have to learn a whole lot of different numbers. I'm going to suggest that we don't rank this one. Far in the future, when I'm trying to do metadata on the rankings of each episode. Oh yeah, that'll be annoying. Okay, what should we say then? Seven. I'll go to seven it as well. Okay. Default. Weightlifting. Now this was pretty good. This was pretty good. So this was us trying to work out what order Alaric should rack his weights. Because it was a problem from my real life, all I wanted was a practical solution, rather than some heady, pure maths thing. Yeah. And I have something I can go away and do. Nice. So therefore... Nine. Nicely nined. Uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't come up with a, some algorithm logic nope. to what you should do. Um, a ten would be, here's the formula I type into my bar in my spreadsheet. Yes. Okay. So uh, with that as the, your barometer, I'm going to say an eight. Okay. Yeah. Well, this has been real fun, having it in person. By the way, we've both sunk two Coronas with lime. Clink. In the time that we've been recording this. So I hope you didn't pick that up too much on the microphone. Good luck editing out all of the clinks. All the clinks. Well, I made sure to only clink when nobody was talking. Yep. And we're very sorry if there's any sort of bird noise, just the way it is, in this, you know, I put this on, pick up all of the sound so that we can record around a table. There's a particularly loud bird outside. I hate birds. Uh. <laughs> right, have a nice day. Yes, have a nice day. Have and, a night bus uh, race. Have a night boat. Have a night boat. <laughs> night boat. Have a nice day. Our friends are arriving soon. Yeah. And we're going to have lots of Prosecco and watch the boat race. Yes. It's going to be great. Have a very num- numberical day. And a good evening to everybody. Goodbye. I thought we did a few different ends to that episode. (laughs) It's like Lord of the Rings.
You ready? Yep. No. Is there a bit? Nine it feels like that could go at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>